Shalom everybody, we're continuing with where we left off, Likut HaLachot, section Orachayim, the laws of giving thanks, Birkat, the blessings of thanksgiving, Birkat Hoda'ah, discourse number 6, paragraph number 7. So, at this point now, and what we've seen in the past, uh, last paragraph also, Rav Nosin is showing how the details of this bracha called Birkat Hoda'ah relate so much to the idea of doing mitzvot besimcha. Because in doing mitzvot besimcha, the greatest expression of this joy is when you're able to give thanks. Giving thanks, Rav Nosson is going to show now, is such a powerful format to expressing joy. Now it's understood that not always are you in a situation to do that. Sometimes a person is so low and sad and depressed, so he has to use all the means of 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 uh, tactics in order to get happy such as telling jokes and all types of ways that he expressed already Rav Nosen, what you have to think he's he also Rav is going to express even more attitudes to get into the mode of joy but however once you're in the mode of joy it's very very easy and it's necessary and it's a reflection of the joy when you give thanks because of that, Rav Nosa now goes into every detail of this bracha called Bikat Hoda'a, which is the, the bracha commonly said you see in a synagogue when there's a Kriyat Torah, people who came, flew overseas or whatever, and they say Bikat HaGomel, that's the, called the, the Birkat Hoda'a, a woman who gave birth, right, and she's in danger when giving birth, and she's, in, she's, she's at least, you know, resting for three days at least, you know, whatever, and she also says Bikat HaGomel, so here, there's another halachic requirement to have it said in front of a minyan. It's like other brachot, like Shechiano, where you can say anywhere alone. Bikat agomel, bikat hoda'a, the giving thanks bracha, requires ten people. Rav Nosana goes into this, why? And the details of this bracha in front of ten people. Look what he says here. And how it, show, it, it illustrates the idea of joy. So he says here, paragraph number seven, and he's, he's using the wording of the Gemara itself on this halacha, on teaching us this law in the Gemara. The wording is like this. And this is now the, the halachic requirement, the Torah's requirement, to give thanks, to say the Birkat HaGomel, Birkat today. Obviously, we're talking about when we have no Beit HaMikdash to offer the Korban Toda, the sacrifice of thanksgiving. So we have today the Birkat HaGomel, therefore we have to give thanks, okay? We have to look into this matter if in the time of the Beit HaMikdash they also said the Bracha. I would assume that in the time of the Beit HaMikdash when they brought a Korban Toda, they would also say this Bracha HaGomel. But today they, we don't have the Beit HaMikdash. For sure what's left we have is this Birkat HaGomel which has to be said, it says here, you have to give thanks in this blessing in front of 10 people and of the 10, 2 are required to be Torah scholars, Rabbanan. So Rav Nosen says, why the quorum? Why the 10 people needed for this Bracha? So he says here, Asara keneged asara mine nigina. This is a special blessing that requires a minyan of 10 people because the significance of 10 people, believe it or not, or not the 10 different Jewish people who come together, each one corresponds to a different melody. Here's another amazing expression of joy is music. 
right? Music lifts you up, makes you so happy. That's why it's something so powerful to sing nigunim, sing melodies, and to bring yourself life by singing a melody, right? That's the idea of why we sing on Shabbat and festivals, because m- music has a, an, a power, a power to arouse a person to joy. Positive music, of course, right? So the, in music. We're taught from the Gemara that there's ten formats of expression of song that King David used and the other tzaddikim together with him in composing the book of Tehillim, of Psalms. There's ten formats, right? I, we went into this a lot in the Tikkun Akladi classes. You have Ashrei, Maske, Ashrei Bracha, Maske, Yoshe, Nitzuach, Nigun, Tvila, Hodam, Mizmor Hallelujah. There's a ten different formats. There's the different opinions and the names of them, okay? From the Zohar, from the Midrash, from the Gemara. We won't go into this now. But there's ten formats of expression of song. And believe it or not, the Leviim and the Beit HaMikdash, they were expert in knowing what type of melody matches each type of, a, of, a, of, the, of the format. Like what is Mikhtam, what is a Bracha, what is Maskil, what type of melody would match that expression. So here is something amazing that 10 Jews being distinct, every Jew is unique. When you bring two Jews together, each one automatically... Will, 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 will relate to a different type of melody. You can have two people on their own, there might be Ashrei, Bracha, you know, Ashrei, for example. But when they come together, one is more Ashrei than the other one. So when that happens, the other one takes a form out of a different melody. So when you have 10 different Jews together, automatically it fits in that. Since one, no two Jews are on the same level, you have two Jews who their soul and the expression of their soul best matches a certain type of melody. However, when you put them together and have the same melody, one is always an, an, an advantage than the other one. He's going to go into this idea of why you need a chavruta, why it's so powerful to ha- learn of someone. We're going, we're going to go into this very soon. But here also, 10 Jews together, automatically each one takes place to a different type of melody. Even though on their own they might represent the same type of melody, but when put together, since one is more of, of this melody than the other one, in his representation of his neshama, of his expression, of his attitude, because that, by the way, that's what makes up the melodies, is the expression of the feeling and emotion and the perspective which goes into, like for example, the nigun melody called Ashrei, the one called Bracha, Maskil, they have different expressions of mentality, and emotions, and so do Jews. Jews have a Yiddish neshama, a Jewish neshama, has a different expression. So, ten different Jews automatically, they come from the same city, they grew up the same way, and everything. They have different souls, and when put together, it'll come out differently. Each one will represent a different aspect. They can't be together because one is more than the other. So, once the one is more, he's the dominant force, the dominant representation of that melody. So, he sticks out to represent it. The other guy, he has now, in this case, he represents another melody. Okay, and that's how it is with 10 people. You can't have two the same because one is always more than the other. So, it fits in that each one will work out. One will be representing Ashrei, Bracha, Maskil, Shir, Nitzuach, Nigun, Tfila, Odam, Izmor, Hallelujah, etc. Okay? So, Rav Nosen says, 10 Jews that this Bracha is said in front of, why 10? Why do you need 10? Because they represent the 10 types of melody which are an expression of joy. Here we go. And this blessing of giving thanks requires so much joy. 
Why? Because it was a miracle. Like we went into the details of the one who went to the desert, the one who was incarcerated in jail, the one who was deathly ill and bed sick, bedridden and sick, another one who went over the seas, right? Those are miracles. And it's the spiritual representation also, obviously. I mean, according to Halacha, you're not required for the spiritual representation, but the actual physical one. But the physical one represents when a person goes to spiritually, the bracha comes out when the physical scenario takes place, and that, take, that, that bracha goes for all the person, retroactively, all the situations, even spiritually, that he went through in his life, that he was like in a desert, walking all, all, all alone, not knowing what to do, and Hashem helped him to find the way out. So when he actually goes to a desert, he says, Birkat HaGamuel for that, and it takes place, it, it covers all the spiritual scenarios for that. And also when a person was in jail, spiritually in jail also, when he's actually physically physically in jail and comes out, so the brachot will cover all the situations that he was spiritually in jail, and so on with the person in, who was sick in bed, and also the person who crossed over the sea, which is the most common one today. Most people today travel by air. Jews, if you take a look, 200, 300, 400 years ago, they didn't travel so much by oversea. You know, they were very limited people. It's only the past like 100, 200 years, especially the 100 years with airplanes that people cover the sea more. And it comes to show that our generation, we have very high nishamot in this sense that we correspond to so much the fourth category of your dehayam most people today 95 percent people when they say brikatagomo it's because they traveled overseas from america to israel or over to the to europe you're always going over the sea and the air so this bracha brikatagomo for the fourth category which is the highest one it shows the people who are going through the depths and the challenges of the ups and downs in the sea of wisdom, which shows how much people psychologically are going through major challenges and quote-unquote issues, like this funny word, issues that people go through today, it shows you how much we're on a high level of our neshamo, that we're being challenged on this fourth and hardest challenge of all four, of those who go into the sea. Like we went into in details, if you remember earlier, in the, which paragraph? It was in paragraph five. Hey, the long paragraph, we explained in detail your dehayam, those who go to the sea. So in any event, Birkat Agomel is being freed and released and saved from these dangerous situations, spiritually and of course physically. And it requires maximum joy and expression. So number one, there's a bracha and giving thanks. Number two... We want it to be the maximum representation, which would mean we want to get together all 10 types of melody to express this thanks. How do you do that? By getting a minyan in front and present of the person saying the bracha. Okay, the halacha is also, by the way, the person saying the bracha can be one of the 10. That's what I remember, of course. So you have here the person himself plus another nine. And he has, you can say the bracha, bracha in front of them. Okay? I, th- I hope I'm right. If I'm wrong, please, uh, you can check it out if you're a local rabbi. But it, it requires 10 people. I think one, the person saying the bracha is one of the 10. If not, then in front of 10 people. The 10 people correspond to the 10 types of melody, like we just explained. That from these 10 types of melody are the basics, the basis for all types of songs and praises to Hashem and giving thanks to Hashem and melodies, zmirot in different terms, nigun, shir, zimra we went into this in the, in the classes on the Tikkun Aklali on lesson 205 and lesson uh, Tzadik Bet 92 part 2 
Okay, we, there's a zemer, there's nigun, there's shira, all different form expressions of song and singing and melodies. Shekulam kelulim besefer tehilim sheasad David Amelech. That all the ten types of song are made up of in the book of Psalms that was composed and founded by King David. A blessed memory. Nice time to read this because we're right before Shavuot and Svet Omer is a propitious time to sing Tehillim a lot, right? To activate the 10 types of melodies because the 150 chapters, Psalms in the book of Tehillim are made up of combinations of the 10 types of melodies. That's why you have Michtam, Mizmor, Shir, Lam Natsayach, etc. Shehu, and who was King David? Who, he, that he had the merit of being the one to, to found to build the foundation of this amazing book called Tehillim Psalms. He was Shehu Ne'im Zimirot Yisrael. He was the pleasant singer of Israel. That was his force, his power, King David, to become who he became, which was a master in Torah study and a master king to conquer the enemies both physically and spiritually. Okay? Because he was the sweet singer of Israel. He knew how to sing. He knew how to turn to Hashem in praise and also, of course, in crying out to Hashem, but also in praising. Proof is he wrote the book of Psalms for all the salvations and all the physical and spiritual battles that he went through. And at such a high level that like Rabbi Nachman teaches elsewhere, every Jew can find their personal struggles in the words of Tehillim. That's why it's so powerful to say the book of Tehillim and to understand what you're saying and to find yourself in the words because it's, it's, it's representing what you're going through also. And going back to the book of Tehillim, and the book of Tehillim of Psalms, like we just said, is made up of the ten types of melody. Kayadua, as is known, writes from the Gemara, the Gemara goes into this also, and this explains also, this is the whole idea of the unbelievable greatness of praying with a minyan, with ten people. It's what I'm saying here is unbelievable. It says, you know why we pray we pray with ten people? Because the ten people represent the ten types of melody. That means when you pray with a minyan, it gives more strength to your prayer. You, when you dive in on your own, you may be in yourself representing one type of melody, but the battle and challenges you're going through today will require you to use a different type of melody which is available right now in your friend. So therefore, when 10 people automatically, any types of Jews, get together to Davin, each one automatically fits into a different type of melody. Whether he likes it or not, compared to his friend, he's Shir. Compared to his friend, he's Z- uh, Mizmor. Compared to his friend, he's Nigun. And you'll need access by Davening together. You share the energy, just like the spherot, the spiritual channels of energy share, so too when 10 Jews pray together, they're sharing, believe it or not, each other's energy. That's why it's so powerful, so important that a person not deceive themselves, but to strive to eventually dive in in a minyan if they're not, to get to that level of being able to dive in with a minyan, because it's such a benefit. It's just helping you in your, your prayers to go up more, to have more strength, because you're using your friend's energy of the other nine types of melodies which you need for today in order to be able to actually dive in properly. So that's the power of, of dive in with a minyan. Rav Nosen is saying here also. Right? And the thing is now, when successfully activating all types of ten melodies in prayer because of, because of there being a minyan, a minimum of ten men davening together, 
it arouses enough strength that now you can say a higher level of song called Baruch Hu, right? Baruch Hu is like Baruch Hashem HaMevorach, which you can only say in the, in the morning prayers and in the evening prayers, only if there's 10 people. This format of Bracha, the, the song called Bracha, in its format called Baruch Hu, the, the Chazan says Baruch Hashem et Hashem HaMevorach, right? Or in Kriyat Torah, reading the Torah, this Bracha is also said, needs 10 people. And also Kedusha, the Kedusha, Kadosh, 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 which is even higher, right? You, all, you, can, you can't say it alone. You need 10 people. It only becomes activated when 10 people are there because they're activating the 10 types of melody, which, which creates a, a, an opening to a new level of holiness which a person on their own cannot reach. When you think about it, that's unbelievable. And you need that to tap into a higher level of of holiness, of praise, that's not accessible when you're all alone, can help you for the rest of the day. Look, when you think about it, it's unbelievable. Rav goes into the minyan still. Ki bechol makom sheyesh asara mi Yisrael, nitorerin bechinat yud mine negina. It's a rule Rav Nosson's giving. Because any place that ten Jewish people, a quorum, get together, it's automatically aroused the ten types of melody. That's the power of, a Jew, of the Jewish people. We fit into the nigunim. This is the, the power of Am Yisrael. That when we get together, we activate something that's not found in the world. It's called ten types of song, which is the, the climax of the joy, which is the goal of the whole creation is simcha, right? To get to this joy. So that's one halacha that has to be said in front of ten people. The second halacha, like we said, v'zeu utrein minayu rabanan. How about the second part? And this is that Two of the ten have to be educated in the Torah. Minimum education to be considered a Torah scholar, Tamit Chacham Rabbanan. Why two? Shehem Baale Da'atu Mochim. That two Torah scholars means that they have developed their, their mind and intellect in Torah. Okay, you can have. Eight people who are not so educated, they're ignoramuses, but still, being a Jew, having what's called a pintalayid, they can activate the ten types of song. Any ten Jews. They don't have to be educated in the Torah. But two of them should be Rabbanan, should be Torah scholars, for this bracha to be said, okay, not just for the quorum, we're talking about it, for this bracha of, of giving thanks specifically, as opposed to like a davening minyan. A davening minyan, you don't need to have two of them being Rabbanan. But for a minyan, for Bikata Gomel, for the blessing of giving thanks, yes, you do need that two of them should be wise, minimum even in the Torah. Because we want two people to have knowledge and intellect of the Torah. Why? Why? Watch this. First of all, in the Sfirot, and the, the ten types of melody also correspond to, like the Zohar says, the ten spherot. Two of them, which sometimes is three, but when you take into consideration the upper sphere called keter, so that there's no more dat. Normally there's what's called chokhmah bina dat. Wisdom, knowledge, underst- knowledge uh, um, understanding, and wisdom. Chokhmah bina dat. But, uh, and, and then when you, when you do that, when you count chokhmah bina dat, so then you take out what's called Keter. Keter is not in the picture. It's, it's Chochmah bin Adat in the Sfirot, right? Chesed, Gvurat, Tiferet, Netzachot, Yesod, Malchut. That's ten. But there are times when you do what's called Keter 
and Chokhmah Bina, and there's no Da'at, we skip the Da'at. It's called Keter Chokhmah Bina. Keter is way above the intellect. It's way above, okay? But it, so in that case, there's two intellects, Chokhmah and Bina, which correspond to the two of the ten people here for the blessing of giving thanks that have to be educated in the, in the Torah. They, have, they should be, ideally, Torah scholars. So Rav Nosson goes into this too. Why? We need two of them to be fixed masters of knowledge and wisdom of the Torah because they correspond to the two conditions of reaching the joy eventually. There's the initial joy of doing the mitzvot besimcha doing the mitzvah with joy in order to elevate the holiness and the mitzvah and the, the divine presence, like Rabbi Nachman explains in Lesson 24 of the Kutimran, which are trapped in the exile, which are trapped in the evil. And then once that's released, you go up and up and up and up and up, and you're ready now to perceive the keter. In other words, that you're ready to perceive a higher level, a very high level of perception of God, which will lead to a higher level of joy. All right? But to do that, you have to bounce towards the Keter. So there's what's called the Redifa, where because it's perception, perception means it's intellect, it's knowledge, okay? So that means you're running in knowledge, and then bouncing back also in knowledge. So it's called the Redifa and Me'akev. There's now, by doing the mitzvah of joy, Hashem opens your mind, so that you can know your, your thrust is towards to perceive more and more and more. And when from heaven they see you're ready to reach the infinite light, which is the highest perception, you're bounced back. Your intellect, your wisdom, your awareness is bounced back. So that's called redifa, is the running to perceive in the mind, the intellect, and the me'akev, the pushback. Here of Nosin is saying, these two stages, which involve the intellect, correspond to the two people of the ten, who are, compared to the other ten, in other words, you have ten people, each one is corresponding to a different melody. And also, amongst them, there will be two of the ten who are the wisest in the Torah. Two, compared to the other eight, they're much more knowledgeable in the Torah, the wisdoms of the Torah. These two people also correspond to the qualifications to be able to lead to giving thanks out of joy. And that's called redifa me'akev, running and returning. So Rav Nosson says that's why this two, the halacha requires, two of them being Rabbanan, wise, because they correspond to the redifa and the ma'akeh of the running and the bouncing back of the mind of the person to perceive the infinite light. Okay? Since he's saying a blessing, okay, and it's going to be public, so it's required to show how he got to that. So we need that two of the people that the person saying the bracha in front of, it could be again, he's one of them. Okay, could be. But it, it now, as a 10 people in the Jewish in the world spreading this awareness, two have to show how he came about to it, that there was the redefined Malkev, or it's leading to it. He's giving thanks in order to come to now himself, the person who had this miracle happen to him, right? He's now coming to redefine Malkev. It, it can be seen in different attitudes and different perspectives, different aspects when Thanksgiving is given. Always, before, a miracle, after, during, etc. Okay? So, Kikishayesh, again, he says like this, Kikishayesh, B'shnei Ba'alei Torah, because when there are two people who are expert in the Torah, who are masters in the Torah, B'vadai, Rav Nosson says, always, when two Torah scholars get together, B'vadai, Yesh Ba'em B'chinat Redifa Ume'akev. It has to be that one compared to the other is more running towards higher perspective, perception, and one is pushing back. 
Look what he says. This is phenomenal what he says here. Shezeu bechinat ma'alat halomedi machaver. This is why, this is the idea of the, also, he said the great level of David and Minyan earlier. Now he says another thing. This is the great advantage, the great level of learning Torah with a chavruta, with another person. You can learn Torah by yourself with a book, and you can learn Torah with someone else, with a chavruta. And he said, well, listen, there's an advantage of learning with someone else. Why? Because he forces you to understand the. He won't need. To, when you learn with someone else, you can't just read it fast and zoom through or zoom right through it. He says, wait a second, wait a second. You have to understand like this. And he asks questions, and the questions push you back. The person who seems to be understanding much better is like running to perceive. And the person who's asking, it's as if he's stopping the person from going further. Wait, 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 wait. We have to understand this better. Stop a second. Stop. Let's, let's look into this. That's what the Chavruta asks. When the Chavruta asks a question, he's basically t- showing the person, stop, you can't keep on running until you understand this clearer. By stopping, it's like stopping the momentum of the pursuit. Wait a minute, let's go back a little. You're not ready yet. We have to first sharpen this idea. So in this sense, it's a bounce back. So there's a redifan ma'akev in the Chavruta. Look how Rav Nostan explains this. Because this guy, one of them, asks the Chavruta, the, the, the study partner, Right? The one is asking, basically, he's saying the opposite here. The one who's asking, his mind is pursuing. That's why he's able to ask the question. He's pursuing more to perceive and to understand the item clearly. The person answering, he's taking the break because he has to go back a little in order to answer the question. That's what he says. The, 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 the study partner answers his friend, give me a second to think about this. Give me a moment to settle my mind in order to answer your question. So this exact wording appears in Lesson 24, where Renachman explains the, the representation of the ma'akev, the bounce back. He uses this quotation, Hamten Give me a moment until I settle my mind and I can answer you. It's taken, by the way, based on the book of Eov, Katar Lizer Vachaveka, that Eov asked one of his colleagues a question, a, a tough question, and he said, to, he answered him, give me a second to think about it, and then I'll answer you. Katarli, the word Katar, Rabbi Nachman points out, is similar to Keter, the sphere of Keter. Because he says that's the whole power of Keter, is that it pushes the person back. There's the Redifa of the Moach, of the wisdom, and then the pushing back. Who's causing the pushing back? It's the sphere above the the, 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 the wisdom, it's called Keter. So, so here also, when there's a Chavruta, one person asks the question, he's saying the one who's asking, his mind is that he's pursuing. That's why he's able to ask the question. But now the guy answering, he has to stop in order to answer the question. He has to take a break because he has to think about it. So that, in a sense, is a pushback. Okay? So that's what he's saying here. As is brought down, this exact wording in the lesson itself, the Kutimor in Lesson 24 mentioned above. Okay? And he says now, Rav Nosin, that's in learning. Okay? Now bring them together, these two Torah scholars, even if though they're not learning, but when they're together, even when they're not learning, that's how it is also in the sole root of these two Rabbana, these two Torah scholars, when it comes to perceptions of godliness, one will be more running because of his status, of where he's holding in perceptions of godliness, another one will be the bounce back because he's on a lower level, so it's going downwards.
שעל ידי זה משיגין התשעי חלים. But we said though, it's specifically through having both the running and returning of the mind. That's how one is able to perceive the nine chambers, which become nine vessels to perceive within them the infinite light. And that's the only way. By running and then being bounced back, and after the bounce back, a person is able to perceive something even higher. He shouldn't think, ah, they're pushing me away. I'm never going to make it. I'm never going to advance. No. This is the way to build the nine vessels to perceive the infinite light. Something that even if you were to learn Torah a million years, you wouldn't get to this. And unless you have this bounce back to build the vessels to perceive a level of intellect which is above the Torah itself above the, above the intellect found openly in the Torah it's the hidden intellect called the infinite light the wisdom of the infinite light and the only way is when you're bounced back that's how you can perceive it and he says here now Rav Nosin what does it have to do with the blessing of giving thanks and this itself is the essence, the climax, the final, final level of giving thanks is when a person successfully perceives the infinite light in his own level, each person at their level and in their, and their situation in life, and they're able to give thanks. Wow! Who would imagine that I would be able to understand such things in my life? Like once Rabbi Nachman said about himself, I never knew like earlier, 10, 20 years ago, that there even existed levels of perceptions that I've tapped into now in my life. I didn't even know they even existed. I didn't even know to daven about them. And he reached them. And he revealed this lesson 24, showing he was holding at this level that he was able to perceive the infinite light. When a person perceives this infinite light, okay, the person says, everything was worth it. All the push, the obstacles and the pushing back, the lack of clarity in life and yet holding on, being bounced back from the intellect and building up to receive nine chambers to perceive the infinite light. Oh, this, it was worth it and now I can give thanks truly. Okay, and, that, and this giving thanks is the main aspect of giving joy like we mentioned earlier.